Where's my award, Kirsten? I want my award. Where is it? Give me my award. I have not lost your award. Your award is unboxing. Unboxing. Oh, wait, you're unboxing my award. Wait, did it come in a box? I'll start from the beginning. Look. And then this bit slides off. Ooh. And then it has a lid. And I'll open the lid. And there's a bit of bit of foam. Wait, the reveal. The reveal. There was a good bit of ASMR there, by the way. I yeah. know, right? Welcome to The Writer and the Critic, a monthly podcast devoted mostly to books, reviews, and whatever else takes our fancy, which, to be honest, is probably not much these days. I'm your host, Kirsten McDermott. With me is my co host, Ian Mond. Hello, Ian. Hello, Kirsten. With me is a very loose application of that phrase. You are in Melbourne. I am in Ballarat with your Ditmar. No, I'm not with my Ditmar because you. <laughs> no, yes, I'm with your you're Ditmar holding up in to Ballarat. As you hold, as you've done in the past. I'm pretty sure there's another Ditmar that you held to ransom. No, 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 no. You got that one. You got that one. It was a joint Ditmar and, you, and it, then it didn't arrive. For years, and then it finally did arrive, and you you had. I know I've it. got one on the computer over there. Yeah, that, yeah, okay. we we've got one. We've got one. They ended up, I think, as part of the fact that the original Ditmar, whatever disaster happened that never got made, because it was going to be the Lego Ditmar. That's right. That's right. Lego. Yeah. And then I think years later, I think as you know, because it obviously never ever got done as a consolation. I think they gave everyone. A, a new one. The, the the point is, Kirsten, is that is that people are listening to right now, if they've forgotten, because I'd forgotten, an award-winning podcast, so just, just keep that in mind, and they're listening to an award-winning critic. That's me. And uh, that's really all that needs to be said at this point, and I think we can move on. Okay, you're an award-winning <laughs> author. Yes, I know. You know, I broke one the other day. Well, I didn't break it. That's, I, that's I the height of arrogance, where you break an award because you've got so many... To replace it. Well, it was an Aurealis and they're really pretty and they're made of glass. You broke it. And it may have, because I was hanging up a Halloween decoration, oh. I may have bumped it and it may have fallen onto the tile floor and it may be a little bit cracked, but it actually looks really good. It's cracked in an artistic way. Just on the corners, they're kind of chipped. So it, it still looks really cool. I, I don't know what to say. I, I think. And the others are all like, okay. they're, the they're made of glass. If you make awards out of glass, Listen, do you hear the others? So many awards. I, <laughs> your, your room is festooned with awards. Awards are everywhere. Not my room. Mind you, if anyone deserves shelf. an award for best collection this year, it's you. So I just thought I'd say that. And that's without, you have not. Oh, you know, I haven't, I haven't got one for well, that. Well, no, not yet. Because that's, yet. The next, that's next year. <laughs> but, but, but Fingers I'll, crossed. I'll, I'll, Fingers uh, crossed. I'll lobby hard for it. No, I, I'll, It has been several years since I have really had anything in contention for an award. So it is nice to have something that is eligible and it will be submitted, whether it makes any shortlists or whatever. Who knows? But it is nice to have something to send yes. out again. Now, now uh, we missed a month. I think it was probably because of me. I'll just take the blame. I think it was because that. of you. Because I went to, to Conflux, which is the Australian speculative fiction convention in Canberra, um, and that was on our normal quasi-normal weekend of the first weekend of the month we normally record. But we had, well, I had, and you had agreed that we would shift it to the second Saturday of that month. And then suddenly you went to Yeah, so Island. here's the thing. <laughs> I forget to put things into my calendar. So, um, yeah. 
That's no, not, it's not good. So as a result, it's worth telling the listeners, uh, the books that we're talking about today, I've completely forgotten all aspects. Now, I haven't. I, I know enough probably to fill three or four minutes of content. So I think you need to see this as the tick. Well, we can either pad for 45 minutes and then do a TikTok version of, of this podcast and then finish. Oh, my God, I've become I, so on TikTok. Not, not me personally. I love TikTok. I don't I, think no, no. you have become No, no, I haven't. I'm not viral, but I, I'm now hooked on TikTok. I'm addicted to it. Oh, yes. dear. Not book talk. I can't stand that. But I do listen to a lot of other people. Listen, I watch. I should say listen. Yes, no. So we decided, um, listeners, we do apologise. Uh, we have we have essentially just skipped an episode this year because we couldn't um, figure out a way to record two in. Oh, we could have, but I wasn't. that wasn't going to happen. I made a clear to you that year. No. That this, yeah, which makes this is the final episode of the year. So um, Surprise final episode. So the two books we were going to be discussing in November put off to January, and we'll, talk, we'll say what they are at the end of the podcast as normal, and that means we haven't had to think of books for next year no, yet. <laughs> although I have a few that I would like to do. Uh, it has been a year. It has been a year, but I'm looking forward to 2023. I feel like... I'll just say this. I feel like the celebrities who didn't die in 2016 died this year instead. <laughs> yeah. Still been merged. I do see actually 2016 is still going. I think I don't think it ever stopped. So I think. Um, Why 2016? Because that's um, Brexit, Trump. Uh, um, okay. And like that's when the calamities truly started, in my view. There's actually, right. There are actually people see, who make I, an argument for this, that that's a turning point, 2016. Oh, no, I, I agree. I, I, I think that psychologically in my head, it's Serious 2020. people make this argument. Like, <laughs> not, 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 not fuck with something. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm not essentially disagreeing, but in, in my head, it's more, 20, I think, 2020. Like the pandemic is just like everything is 2020 before or but even the But even you could even argue that the pandemic, since. like, Trump got rid of the uh, thing and be bobbing the pandemic people in uh, prior to that, and that's didn't happen in twenty sixteen. But the point is that it happened because Trump was. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm I'm not making a geopolitical argument. I'm just saying in my okay. head, I have pre twenty twenty, which everything is kind of clear and and it's you know I know when things happened and in order and so on. And then there is twenty twenty till now, and it's like that's all just in a basket, and it happened. At some point, I sometimes can't remember what happened first, <laughs> and that that hasn't yet finished. I'm hoping maybe next year my own internal sense of time will stabilize, <laughs> but maybe not because I'm finishing a novel. Hey? So that's always a weird thing. Yep. Can we talk about yep. that instead of talking about these books? <laughs> no, let's go. Let's start. Let's start. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. All right. So we are talking about books. We're talking about books this month, as usual, and we're talking about. Two, well, one's a novella, the other one's yes. a novel. So we're talking about January 15th by Rachel Swirsky, which is a novella that was put out by Tor.com uh, earlier this, not that much earlier this year, I think mid-year, mid-2022. And the second novel that we'll talk about is um, the whimsically named Patricia Wants to Cuddle by Samantha Allen, which is a very strange novel, and I will enjoy talking about that if you haven't. No, I, well, I chose that one, <laughs> and uh, it actually—I'll be honest—it's left a it left a lasting impression. Uh, it has, it has, probably um, more so than the novella we're about to talk about, which I know is terrible to say, but um, but that is a terrible opening. Yeah, but, but that's not the, to say that I didn't like the novella. Uh, I, I did, 
but the Samantha Allen, for, for, for reasons that I'll explain, um, left a very much a lasting impression. Anyway, let's get let's get going. Let well let let's talk about the um, the, the Rachel Swirsky novella, which is January fifteenth. By the way, did you notice the connection between these two books? Um, there is, there is. In fact, it's in fact, <laughs> okay. it shocked me. Like I, 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 I so it did shocked because you. I can't believe we. Is this going to no, be no, spoilers? No, 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 or can no. I can't believe we did it again. They both two things. Female women are central in both books. Like they are both. Let's hope that's not such a rare thing. It becomes a connection. Well, okay, true. But what's interesting because yes, <laughs> that novel itself was not enough. It's essentially four female protagonists in the Swirsky and four fe- female protagonists in the Allen. Did you notice that, that, that there's four? I, I think you could argue about protagonists. Okay. Look, I'm right. I mean, technically, I the Allen is probably I mean, five. if you're talking point of view characters, there's also Casey, yeah. so that's five. But I think the – anyway, we're going to talk about Patricia Wants to Cuddle later. First, let's talk about – There were similarities. Well, look, <laughs> Genu- there, there are similarities. I, get, I don't know if- Kirsten, but – not no, not tenuous, but I don't know. Shocking. <laughs> I don't think shocking is is the word I would shocking. apply to those similarities. <laughs> you said you were shocked. shocked. It's like, I went, oh my really? god! Books about women. Wow, shocking! Shocking. That we find two of them. I didn't do anything. I just I just stared at the ceiling. And this is the most <laughs> shocking thing I've ever popped in my head. Okay, oh Swirsky, you can tell we're oh we're, we're padding. So please give us the uh, good reads. Um, <laughs> blurb for January. <laughs> so here is what um, the, I guess, the description of the book has to say. January 15th, the day all Americans receive their annual universal basic income payment. For Hannah, a middle-aged mother, today is the anniversary of the day she took her children and fled her abusive ex-wife. For Janelle, a young, broke journalist, today is another mind-numbing day interviewing passers-by about the very policy she once opposed. For Olivia, a wealthy college freshman, today is waste day when rich kids across the country compete to see who can most obscenely squander the government's money. For Sarah, a pregnant teen, today is the day she'll journey alongside her sister wives to pick up the payments that undergird their community and perhaps embark on a new journey altogether. In this new future science fiction novella by Nebula award-winning author Rachel Swirsky, the 15th of January is another day of the status quo and another day at making lasting change. Which is a good, like, it's a good summary wait, wait, of the novel. Did, did, and did it, that it, say that Janelle opposed the UB? She once opposed. I thought she was the reason it happened. I thought that was the key to her storyline. Yeah, but but I, uh, I, I, that, now, now I, I think now, now I'm going, wait, okay, <laughs> okay uh, we've already joked that we... I don't remember the books, but I've only remembered a, a major plot point. Well, I think that is one of those little stretches you 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 do sometimes for for copy to pr- pr- you know present a dramatic line of tension. Um, I think she she I don't yeah she she didn't like oppose it strongly, uh, and she was involved in its establishment, but she wasn't happy with a lot of the stuff around it. I think. Yeah, I think that um, is a... It, uh, Janelle's, Janelle's thing's really interesting, actually, because there's a lot of... Uh, not a lot. There's not a lot of political discussion in this particular novella, probably because it's not that long, so there's not a lot of space for that. But I, I did like some of the discussion in Janelle's narrative about, you know, the compromise, the necessary compromise that is required to bring in a policy like this or, or any large social economic policy 
uh, there is often a good deal of compromise that has to be done for everybody to come to the table and agree that this will be implemented, which means no one's ever 100% happy. Yes. Uh, so, so for me, the Janelle section is the best section of the book by a country mm. mile. Agree. Um, and, okay, so we, let's get into it. So, and it is structured, I think there are four four or five sort of sections within the novel. And in we each alternate of those between sections, those four characters. You have one of one point of yeah. view from, from one of these characters and it's in the same order. So it's quite a rhythmic structure. You know, you don't. So, so, what, so Swirsky does a, a couple of things which are really interesting in this book. So for one, there's been some cataclysm that's occurred that no one actually speaks about, but something's happened, uh, pol- geopolitically, yeah. to use your beautiful term. So, well, it's not but, No, no, no. Well, I'm, I'm just attributing <laughs> it to you now. Okay. So, but, but, she, but she purposely, I think, and rather um, justifiably doesn't go into that because that's not what the book is about, but she... I think the I think the idea is that you need for something like UBI to exist. There needs to be something uh, huge to have happened to have pushed mm. both parties to a point where they would actually agree to something like this. I think that's the underpinning yeah. argument for that, which is great. And I'm, and and I, I, but you then don't need to go into huge detail as to what that is. Some could argue well that means that you're not um, the world building isn't there because. You know, whatever that thing was, whether it was nuclear war, or whatever it was, it's not. It shouldn't have. Should it not be seen? You know, in the stories that were being told. But I, I, I walked away from that. I was fine with that. I don't know about you. Yeah, because the book is not about you know how this was introduced, and it's it's not debating even you know to a, to a great extent about the validity of like whether it could be introduced or any of that. It's like if we had it. What might yes. this look like? And, that's exactly and that's it. it. So there's a bit of hand wavy about how it got introduced, and that's fine because that the, the book is a you know a bit of a not a thought experiment, but I think that's exactly this alternate. What it is. It's a thought experiment. I don't think it's running enough experiments. Mm, to yeah, that. I mean that's fair enough, but 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 you're right because you you sort of think to yourself um, mm. this is a, it's reasonably contemporary. I mean, this technology has moved on. I can't remember. It it is sort of it, it is. But, near but if you take twenty twenty two today, you, I think a, a UB is a hundred years away. The rate we're going, if, if that it would ever be introduced. So I can see why she's taken the the, the what she's done what she's done, and I can also see why she hasn't mm-hmm. dwelled on the events or event that led to this. The book is not interested in whether it's yes, feasible correct. to introduce, and that's good. That's this, fine. So that's right? not, and that's not my criticism. That is not my criticism of this book because I have seen. Others criticise the book for that, and I, that's not. I mean, you you again, you have to go and say the author is trying to do something here. You may not like mm. the approach they've taken, but that's a perfectly justifiable approach to take if given what they're yeah. trying to do, and that's fair enough. Yep. But <laughs> there are four stories here, and the question is whether the four stories uh, work as stories or and work to tell the, the larger story around. Work, work together, together. Correct. and that's where my issue rests with this book because I think the Janelle story is terrific. I think the Hannah story, yep. yes, yes, that's pretty good uh, because I can see that UB would be used to allow uh, abused women uh, in domestic, really horrible domestic situations, the ability to actually leave because that's one of the key issues um, that they can't because they've got no, um, whether they've got no income or, or the husband has got control of the bank accounts or whatever the situation is, you know. It's, it's quite simplified though, because 
I, I mean, can, well, before we go, before we go there, I, the point I'm making is I can see where this yeah. could play a role. The the other two storylines, yeah. I no, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. But but let's go. But but well. So so for example, the the Mormon one. I, I believe they're Mormon. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Uh, I, sorry, apologies if I. I I'm. I think that is. Um, I don't think it's explicitly said. Or LDS and probably or, for, or, or for whatever. Good, yeah, good reason. No. But they 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 are uh, a some kind of fundamental polygamous um, religious. So, so group. that that story could happen outside of a UBS. Plot. I, I'm, I'm certain that that sort of um, uh, abusing, abusing, yeah, the, but I think abusing the uh, the system is something that happens probably today, let alone happened with a Ubi. Sure, but I guess the idea was that having having this having this guaranteed income for everybody provides a financial support. Yeah, but, but the point I'm making is I don't know if that's distinct, distinctive enough. For me, it's got to be distinctive. It, it, it's got to be something that really mm. is unique to the UB uh, situation. That one didn't feel that way. And the one with all the rich kids, well, mm, I don't know. It just felt, uh, especially how it ends doesn't help. It, it's just, yeah, uh, I made, look, I'm not expressing it, it well. Felt the most, it felt the most yes. shallow of the Thank four you. stories. Well um, because I guess, because the idea behind this one is is the, the, the wealthy – and the and the very wealthy. I mean, and let's you know these aren't the these aren't the one percent. These aren't the super wealthy. These are just very wealthy people, because the super wealthy I don't think would even like it's literally a drop in a bucket. So these are just the very wealthy, and there's resentment there that you know their their taxes like they pay taxes, um, <laughs> of funding this for poor people. Uh, so so their idea is because they don't need it. They don't need. This, you know, for what them is a very minor amount of money. So, um, you know, some people in this cohort um, treat this the the universal basic income day as as waste day, and they find ways to to literally waste this money um, in the most extravagant and you know potentially offensive ways possible, and and of course broadcast it on social media and all of that sort of stuff. I think the problem for me for for this story is it, it felt it felt quite one note. It, it lacked the complexity of some of the others. Um, so it was just yet yeah, yeah, rich people are assholes. Like okay, people who have a lot of money don't value money. Okay, you know it's yes. And I think for me the 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 weakness of it was that Swirsky didn't have the courage of her convictions here in a sense. What would have been more interesting to me, because Olivia, the the character who she has as the viewpoint character in in that particular storyline, is quite a sympathetic character. She's not an asshole. She's a bit naive. She kind of got pulled into Very naive. She's 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 very naive. You know, well, yeah, she's wealthy, she's- but you know, she's not like super wealthy, and she's not an asshole, and she kind of got pulled in, and she, she, she doesn't really like a lot of the people who she's at this ski lodge with, and and it's like, so we we get to to sit with her and feel morally and ethically superior. It would have been a much more interesting story if Olivia had been one of the wealthy assholes who just doesn't get it. And it didn't veer from that point of view. It didn't break from that, right, right, and and let the reader critique that rather than sit alongside a character who's going. Well, oh, I, I don't know, know if even Olivia is right. doing that because she's such a blank slate. 
there are those around her. She's very she's, passive. Well to, the, to, well, to the degree that she's actually sexually abused at one point. I mean, it's quite yeah. disturbing. Um, and, yeah, um, yeah so, so, so it's not even like she – I actually think that the, the potentially maybe what Swirsky chose her is for her passiveness so that she's really just a mm. set of eyes with no, with no judgment, yeah. no no view, looking into this world, allowing and so untainted by uh, morals, ethics, or judgment, mm. and just looking out to this world, allowing us to judge for ourselves. Which I sort of get, but you're right. It, it's it it doesn't feel it fe- because we look. I mean, what's what is going to be a re- our reaction given there's no uh, subtlety or nuance to what she's seeing? It's all just shit. Yeah. It's terrible. These are terrible it people. Is. It is. They're doing terrible, they're terrible people. Doing I mean, terrible what, what, what other conclusion can we draw from this? <laughs> and it's like, okay, and and not even interesting, ter- like banal, yeah. terrible things. So, so that's the point. You what know, other conclusion the, the, could we draw? And when one of them does, I'm going to spoil the ending uh, here. But trigger warning: that's one of the characters does commit suicide, um, and in a really dramatic, like this is like the pinnacle of of what they see as correct. wasting. Yeah. But come on, Kirsten, you knew that was going to happen, didn't you? Pretty early on that something like that, dramatically stupid like that was going to happen because these people are clearly, that's the direction they're heading in and it's not like there's any nuance to this. Yeah, I, someone was going to die, whether that was going to be someone killing themselves or killing other people in like a massacre or something or, or just doing something incredibly stupid that resulted in it. Like, clearly that was where that section Correct. was going. Um, so, no, that it, it wasn't like I, I do think Olivia's – story is is the weakest and as i said because it's fairly shallow it's not it's not saying anything that makes you go huh that's interesting i hadn't looked at it from that perspective before which most of the yeah, others and it's, do. it's important to note that that even the one with the sister wives well i don't think it's really ub specific it's a bit too broad for me it's actually a really good bit of writing it's really well written and it's yeah. really and, and and just just this idea of how do you get out of the cult how do you disassociate mm. given your family, you know, is everything about your life is, is, is linked to it, you know, and this whole idea of, and I am remembering things as I'm talking about them. There you go. So there you go. There you go. Um, because I think one of the, one of the key uh, triggers is that her brother, uh, who's a bit effeminate and not, not a, a man, is essentially uh, left, left to fend for himself. They, they, they belt the shit out of him and mm. drop him somewhere to die. And this is the, the thing that uh, starts to make it decide. So, you know, maybe this is not the place for me. Aside from the fact that she's also pregnant, so that, you know, and yeah. all the incest that's likely going on as well and pedophilia and et cetera. But, but the point is that that is a really well-told story. I just don't know whether it needed a UB overlay on it. It could have been mm. any book anywhere. Whereas I think the other two, Janelle and Hannah's story, yes, I think they are specific to uh, the UB and, um, and, and therefore are more powerful for that. I know you, you seem to have an issue with the Janelle one, or is it the Hannah one? I'd- no, not not with any of the the stories, but the actual. And I know it's not really about the the you know the politics or the implementation or the logistics of of Ubi, but um, I I just found it a real stretch. And because all of the narratives, all four of them, depend on you know the dispensation of Ubi on a day of the year. Like they all depend on that. Every single story relies on the fact that yes, everyone gets this yeah. on this day. That is why Sarah is going to the the place. That is why there is a waste day. That is why Janelle's doing what she's doing. That's the, I mean, the whole um, book takes place on that day. That's as you said, it's broken up into four or five bits. Yeah. It's essentially morning, morning, afternoon, evening. Essentially, is what yeah. yeah. And and that is the day that that triggers 
a heightening in, in abuse and stalking from Hannah's ex-wife. It's all relying on the fact that Ubi goes out to everybody on one day and I, I just don't – that I don't buy. Like it's a little thing but it's so central to the – You don't, what, you don't think that the gov- a government would do that? Yeah, all in one day? I think so. Logistically, that's I think, a nightmare. No, okay, okay, you it are correct. Abs- so it's two things. First of all, logistically, is an absolute nightmare, especially in a country like America with the population size that they have. And when you have people, a lot of people actually physically going to place, it's a nightmare. Yeah, that, it's a that's nightmare a good, that's to have a good it in one point. day. That's a good point. I and hadn't then thought of that. Yet. Also, I think politically, and I know it's, the book isn't really discussing it, but I also don't think that it would get through as we give all the people the money in one day. Like most of these sort of schemes and, and the basic income schemes that, that are being piloted and trialed in various parts of the world, it's not like here, have all this money, bang, done. It is, you know, you get it once a fortnight, once a month or whatever it is, but it's done over the year to become a cost Flav- of, there are di- there you know, are a living flavors expense. Of Ubi. So the Andrew Yang yeah. flavour of Ubi, which is the more common one, is exactly what you're saying, where it's essentially what, what we would call a doll, but a l- but more money than, than social welfare. Yeah. Uh, and it's done over fortnightly, and it, yeah, correct. Yeah. This is this is obviously very different. Yeah, and I, I'm just not sure I see this getting through because one, you know, let's face it, one of the and and this book has characters who make this argument that one of the criticisms of this idea is well, people will just waste this money, right? People just waste it, and if you give people a whole bunch of money at once, the idea not I'm not saying I believe this, but the critique is well, they'll just take that money and they'll go out and they'll get drunk and they'll gamble it and they'll just waste it on stuff. Whereas if you give it to them over the course of the year, like every fortnight or every month or whatever, they will use that for food for bills for necessaries so i just don't see in this political situation that a, a an annual yeah and this is the biggest critique uh, i sorry, saw annual disbursement would, would work um or the novella uh when i did was checking the reviews prior which is that has swirsky just created a straw man of ubi itself that is mm. just easy to manipulate for her own needs and i think she does talk about so she has an introduction or, or something prior and i think she does try to say that she's done her best to not do that, but you still yeah. feel that that's actually what has occurred because you're right. What about if it was fortnightly? Well, then, then you- because if it, if it wasn't that, you wouldn't have a waste day. Correct. You wouldn't have with the Hannah story. Like it, it's interesting the way it's done. Hannah got this money that enabled her to leave. Great, but would that? I mean, why? Why? Why do? You know, because people who are in a situation of um, family violence however that manifests, but especially if there is financial abuse or financial control, they're not gonna they're still not gonna get their Ubi. Their partner will have worked out a way that they control the bank accounts. I mean that's the thing. It's it's not this is not, oh well all this money will help people get away. No, no. But I think that's why some I think the way Swirsky works around that is that you actually physically go to go which is which actually feeds into your point, but you physically go and get the check or whatever it is. But Again, if you were really doing it the way she's described, but it- also people don't because there's a lot of people in like it's said in the book a couple of times that you know pe- you don't physically have to go and be there. It, and I don't, I can't work out what, who does and who doesn't. Yeah, yeah. And look, if you were really doing it on one single day, and it is a huge chunk of money for one thing. I mean, an entire it is a you would think an entire economy would collapse. Uh, it is a mass. Well, you'd put it aside. I mean, well, they you assume that, it, but, but it is a massive amount of money. And it's a massive – the logistics are horrendous, especially in a country as big as the US where this is set. It's just like I, I – And this is the thing. If you do it that way, what does it do for inflation? What, you, you've suddenly injected yeah. a, a, a literal a trillion whatever dollar into the economy on a day. So there, there are all these – we're not economists. I'm, well, I'm not. Maybe you are, but I'm not. 
So I don't know, but but you're right. There, there's something not, and that's where this critique of well, this is just a straw man Ubi that is easy to knock down has yeah. has some merit. Easy to knock down, but also it, it's just an easy way to underpin these stories. Like I I didn't and I didn't know this going into the book. I assumed that that January fifteenth universal. I th- I thought it was just like oh, this is the anniversary of the day when this bill was passed. Yeah. Right, which which it could have been if she wanted like a day, and then she still has you know Janelle going out interviewing people on the day this was passed to see how their lives have been affected. Um, you could even you, you could been- even have the Olivia story because you could say that everyone in that group specifically saves all their Ubi money for the day of the bill passing, so they get a fortnightly. They save it. They all yeah, save it. Exactly. And then they only use they it on that it. day. And on the anniversary, they have a waste day. Um, there were ways of getting around that that. And I just all the way through because because as I said, every story and the structure of the novel uh, novella is is based around the idea that these funds are dispersed on one day of the year. It's also a weird day, like just after New Year's. It's a weird day. <laughs> like the civil service has just come back from their break, Christmas New Year, and it's like, oh fuck, now it's Ubi Day. <laughs> They're all going to be curled fetal under their desks. So that, unfortunately for me, that conceit of how that was done did repeatedly kind of undermine it because so much of all of the stories depended on Ubi being set up in this way for those stories to work as they were done. And they didn't have to. It could have been done in a different way. You know, I mean, it could have still been like an exploration of uh, an abusive relationship and how, you know, maybe there there was a different way that that Ubi is is sorted out for some people. You know, they could have done almost every story without it being like this. And the way it was structured, I just, I don't know, I just couldn't, I just couldn't get over that little hurdle. And unfortunately, it's, right at the beginning like it's through the whole novel it's not something that is easily hand waved away and then it does become well of course ubi might be a problem if it is done this way and i know swirsky says in her her afterward that she doesn't really have she doesn't hold a position either way she's just interested in what might happen but i think by yeah, setting it up like this, it, it establishes, as you say, it kind feels of a straw like that man. She no, it feels like even though she hasn't put a finger on the scale, she sort of has. That's yeah. the thing. Uh, I agree. And look, look, let's if we look at the individual stories, going back to Janelle's story with her, with her sister, uh, I actually really enjoyed them as characters. Yeah. I enjoyed their story. I enjoyed the fact that yeah, she's she's a freelance journalist, Janelle, and she's got to go out there and find again the same story. Uh, from you know, find someone to speak to, so she, but, but she has to because this is where how she earns her money. So uh, you know, because funnily enough, the UB doesn't do everything; it isn't mm. a panacea. She still has to earn something, some money. But I did like that it ends. That story ends with her interviewing this uh, this uh, this older woman, who's I think one of the first people she'd ever interviewed before, and they they just have this regular January fifteenth catch up where where she finds out what what's happened in the last yeah. twelve months with this woman who lives somewhere out. In, Midwest or Southern wherever America. So, uh, and I just, that was really nice. And the relationship between her and her sister was really nice yep. as well. And I thought, again, I actually found that if you're going to do this, and I know why she did it, but Janelle's story could have just been the whole book. <laughs> it, it, it could it could have. I Of all the stories, I was most invested in Janelle's. Correct. And if you'd done that, and sorry, Rachel, uh, but if you'd done that, you then could have done a bit more world building and a bit more why this has happened and actually you found the space and breath to do that. Yeah. But because you've done four stories that you can't, that, you know, so that's my... Th- and the, the other thing, like, I, I did think going into this, uh, not going, like, as I was reading it, because it begins with Janelle. She's, her story is the story that opens the book. 
because she's a reporter and because it's set up that she's going around interviewing people about blah, 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 I did think she was going to be, or her story was going to be the connective tissue between all four stories. And she might end up interviewing one of these other people, right? Or she might bump into one of them and, and you know, and there would be this connection between, and they're not. The, the stories are completely, utterly siloed. And even though they're thematically connected, they're connected by the- Ubi is the, Ubi's the connective tissue. Yeah, like they're oh. connected by, we're going to talk about how Ubi could affect different types of people. And and that's fine, but that's that's a really thin bit of connective tissue to pull you through. And maybe it's because I had an expectation that there would be more interconnections between the stories, however however brief, however um, you know small. The fact that they maintained their their complete and utter separation from each other as narratives. It was a little disappointing for me. And that may be just because I, I had that expectation. I'll be honest. I disagree with I don't disagree with you. I see where you're coming from. But I, I think I, I found that if she if she joined them, it would have been a bit too coincidental, a bit too on the nose for me. So I was Fair. actually happy it, it, that it would depend how you're doing it. But you are taking a risk doing that. Then I, this is to your point. You're taking a risk doing that. Those four stories better be crackers. Yeah. And, because you're right. The, the thing that's linking them is not particularly strong. It's this idea. So... And there, there doesn't have to be because when you think about all four of these stories, and this is the point of them, is they're very everyday. There's yes. no world-shattering things that happen. You know, there's Correct. no revolutionary things that happen in any of the stories. Yeah. They're just yeah. Ubi doesn't the universal basic inco- income doesn't just doesn't dry up as yeah. a result. So if yeah. if they were going to be connected or intertwined, it wouldn't be a coincidence. It's simply that well, Janelle's going out interviewing people. These are three of the people she's interviewing. And we get to see their stories as yeah, well. Uh, look, yeah, fair yeah. enough. It's yeah, not like everybody's enough. going about their day doing stuff and they happen I, to bump I, I into think, each other at the post I office. I do think, Kirsten, we're getting into the now the territory of this isn't the book. Yes, we're reviewing the book that we would rather have written rather yeah. than the book that's on the table. And I, and, and I know you can't help it. We, we, yeah. we, you do it all. I do it all the time. But uh, fair enough. I hear what you're saying. And I've said similar already. Um, but And I think if Janelle's story hadn't opened it, if we'd opened with another of the other three characters, I I. I possibly wouldn't have had that expectation that they would yeah, be connected. Yeah. But because it opens with Janelle and there's such a big deal made about this is what she does. She travels around. She interviews people. She's scrabbling for stories. And and here's three other women who are, you know, these would be st- – we are essentially being presented with the types of stories Janelle would be going out to find. And, and I think that's why beginning with Janelle and then expanding the way it did, that is what I think put into my head the expectation that at some point these characters are going to – if not all come together, but be be connected in their narratives through Janelle. And as I said, that it's it's just an expectation, but I th- I think it did come from the way the novel's set up. Um, and so there was a small disappointment that they all remained completely separate at the end. Yeah, I, I didn't have that view. Uh, I, I I was fine with the fact that they were separate. Um, it's just whether each of the stories was strong enough mm. on its own to justify its inclusion or its 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 yeah its part in the, in the book. Look, overall, I think we can end this by saying uh, that Swirsky's a terrific writer, oh, and that's yeah. I'm not being patronising here. Uh, like, oh, we've just been negative, but oh, but oh, here's a cookie. That's not what I'm doing. <laughs> no, seriously, seriously, this this is a really well written. It is book beautifully and written, and and, and and it's written so well that we can have an intelligent conversation about it. Which I hope we've just had, Kirsten. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I. You don't do, know. do talk gibberish. Well, I'm. You don't. I do. So, um, 
But you can. It provokes discussion. And that if that's the aim of the book, then it definitely succeeds at that level. Yes, we have structural issues, but as, as, a, as a book that provokes discussion about Ubi, yeah. I think, it, yeah, tick, green mark. Absolutely. And I guess for me that was the other, like, and it's, this is not the book it is, but I, I did miss there being more robust discussion within the book. But I, I guess that discussion maybe takes place outside the book. As you say, it's, it's a well, book that provokes discussion about Ubi and whether it's, you know, uh, something that could work for good or whether it's it's a waste of money and how well, it's it funny, might be it's implemented. Funny, and, it's funny you, you know. say it, you know, that the bureaucrats coming back, with, and again, we're do, I'm doing exactly what I told you not to do, the bureaucrats coming back would be in a fetal position. It'd actually be interesting if she'd have chosen one of them right. as one of the stories. <laughs> like someone who has to do this, has to get Ubi out there. Because I'm a public servant and I mm. understand what the logistics, and so are you. Yeah. And we're both, we both are. And we both understand the logistical oh, nightmare can you imagine? of doing any regulatory thing. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, to, 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 you know, to be fair, if America got to that point where they could do this, wow. Wow. Just just being able to do the, do it on a single day the way it's described. The, the logistics novel, that, of it would be an, it, amazing. It would be absolutely amazing. And, and where it's not entirely reliant on technology, as in people are still turning up people to People are turning up to post office to get checks. That's, that's wow. Yeah. That's, to to uh, get actual you know. paper checks, which itself is like, wow. <laughs> yep. Yeah, as as public servants, we know that that would that would be one. I mean, you would that's gold star. That's I I got level. a check in the mail about a year ago for for a weird thing, and I looked at it and said, "Why? <laughs> why? Why is this a piece of paper? I now have to go to a bank, and it seems so archaic. <laughs> it was like like what? Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> oh well, uh, let's move on. Let that us story does n- is the worst segue. Thanks. I, d- I do recommend January fifteenth. Oh yeah, 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 and that's the thing because it'll provoke discussion. Yeah, it'll make you think. You may not agree with where Swirsky is coming from, but you will think about this, especially if, and universal basic income. And I'm on the fence about it as well. Um, is something we should be talking about. It is is absolutely. something we should be thinking about. So this book does exactly that, and that's why it's important. Despite everything we might we have said, don't be put off. By I, I would love. I know she's she's written it in you know in a short, accessible way like this. But I would love to see her write a novel length version of January fifteenth and and yes. really delve into more more things. Actually, that's that, that's how I ended. I thought, you know what, this could have been a novel. Yeah, it, it maybe not structured this way, but it could have been a novel. It could have been There's a enough. novel with with similar yeah. things, similar different character arcs, and maybe a bit more connective tissue than just the theme. And I think she she could write a great novel around this, like a really complex, in- integrated, complicated novel. And I think it would be great. So, not that I'm giving Rachel Swirsky homework, but. <laughs> It did. It made me. It made me want more. It made me want more from this writer on this subject, which I think is um, quite high praise for any book, really. Yes. Okay. Yes. So that's still not a good segue. So I'm not doing. I don't two. do segues. I do structures. What is it? I we pre-warned everybody what the structure of this podcast would be. They know. We have told them the two books. We are now moving into the second book, as per the. Foretold <laughs> structure. Everybody's comfortable. They know where we are. We don't need segues. We're good. <laughs> okay. Uh, so. I, I just feel like next year we've got to work harder on our segues. All right. No, I'm clean. You, you, I'm, can, I'm you can be segway No, it's too much effort. Okay. So I chose Patricia Wants to Cuddle yes. by Samantha Allen because I stumbled on a review and I saw the cover and I thought, yeah, 
<laughs> the cover is pretty good. I will say yes. that. Yeah, you you got no nothing positive to say about the book, but the cover's great. Oh, right? I just I just looked at the cover. To be honest, it's all I, I looked at the cover. I have a visual art critique of the cover for you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, I'll read the blurb, which is quite long. Um, when the final four women in competition for an aloof, if somewhat sleazy, bachelor's heart arrive on a mysterious island in the Pacific North Northwest. They mentally prepare themselves for another week of extreme sleep deprivation, invasive interviews, and, of course, the salacious drama that viewers nationwide tune in to eagerly devour. Each woman came on The Catch for her own reasons, brand sponsorships, followers, and yes, even love, and they've all got their eyes steadfastly trained on their respective prizes. Enter Patricia, a temperamental but woefully misunderstood local living alone in the dark Verton woods and desperate to forego a connection of her own. (laughs) As the contestants perform for the cameras that surround them, Patricia wants, uh, watches from her place in the shadows, a queer spectre hanging, haunting the bombastic display of heterosexuality before her. But when the cast and crew at last make her acquaintance atop the island's tallest and most desolate peak, they soon realise if they're to have any hope of making it to the next Illumination event, they'll have to survive the night. <laughs> I, actually, that actually is terrific, that paragraph. That's That's brilliant. A whirlwind, a whirlwind romp careening towards a last girl standing conclusion and a scathing indictment of contemporary American media culture. Wouldn't go that far. Patricia Wants to Cuddle is also a love story between star-crossed lesbians who rise above their intolerant town, a deeply ambivalent woman and her budding self-actualization, and a chosen family of misfit islanders forging community against all odds. Kirsten, that is such the a middle long. paragraph of this, the <laughs> middle paragraph of this is great. The last paragraph didn't wasn't required. If they, it's literally not required at all. Why do people? Why they do, do they the do wrap this? up paragraph? They always do. It's a new thing. Do the wrap up. But why can they stop doing that, well, please? You, we we get stop reading them. Not. <laughs> <sighs> but look, no, they've got to stop, Kirsten. I, I mean, seriously, and this is why I don't read it. <laughs> I literally only read it for this podcast. Even if after I finished a book, I still don't look at them because I, I find them they're, they're just uh, they've become a bit obsolete with Kindles and that. Although people still do buy hard copies, in fact. Most books that are sold in the world today are hard but copies. They, but they, I mean, there's, yeah. the, it's still there on Amazon or wherever you buy your book. It's still there. I mean, I imagine people still. Yeah, read I them. just. But those paragraphs, <laughs> a whirlwind romp, careening towards Alaska. I mean, a scathing indictment of contemporary. No, it's not a scathing indictment of contemporary American culture. It is an. It is a critique. Scathing. Yeah, I, <laughs> it's a bit. Okay. Anyway, I just I put my cards out. I love this book. This book made me made me happy. It gave me joy. I laughed a lot. Is it great? Possibly not, but I loved the book. And the reason I loved the book and the reason I chose it apart from the cover is because another thing I loved was a TV show, Kirsten. Oh, my God. I love this. Yes. I was absolutely here for all of the reality TV stuff in this book. I, Unreal, I love Unreal. So, so just think if you like Unreal, the TV show in our audience, I think you'll love this. I really do. I mean, you will like at least half of this book. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some well, once the horror elements kick in. Yeah, you're right. The first half you'll love. Once the horror elements kick in, maybe stop reading. But uh, the first half you'll definitely love. And yeah, it, it, this book gave me joy and pleasure. It, it's, 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 yes, can I critique it? Yes. Can I say that the women depicted are to a gr- one degree or another reasonably thin on the ground? Yes, does. Samantha Allen make an effort to give them a bit more character, yes. But does it feel a little bit half-hearted at times? Yes. But did I still love every little bit of this book? Yes. Sorry, I just did. <laughs> and 
it's partly because it's what it really is in, is an indictment of our heteronormative approach to relationships mm. and the way media depicts that. That's an indictment, yes, and it does it really well because it centres queer a queer relationship, queer characters, etc. Sort of. I mean, it gets to that point. We, we're not sure, but it does get <laughs> kind to, of gets to that point. Uh, yeah. To, to spoil it, because the blurb actually quite hilariously uh, works around it without saying who Patricia is. Patricia is a Sasquatch or a Yeti or yep. whatever word you want to use. And, uh, yeah, and also a, a queer Yeti as well, being looked after by a lesbian or queer community. Yep. Uh, 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 yep. And that, on and of itself, is genius. <laughs> it is. It's brilliant. <laughs> I love it. And that's why this book gave me joy. And so, Kirsten, if you didn't like it, you can't take that joy from me. I'm sorry, you can't. Well, I don't, I don't I mean, I didn't not like it. That, yep, just <laughs> that sounded right, yep. Um, but I don't think even if I didn't like it, that could take your joy from you. <laughs> Surely that's, that's just something you have. <laughs> unless, you're, unless you're that that insecure about what you, makes you happy, that the slightest. Um, aren't we all these days? Oh, I don't know. What, you, everyone loves something. One person does and you go, oh, you know, that's... that's. Uh, I don't I know. I think we, we, we compile on the people who doesn't. I don't necessarily think it... Well, unless it is the threat to your joy that makes you pile on, I guess. I don't know. But no, look, I I really, like, I adored... Um, let, let's say the first movement of this novel, right? The reality TV stuff, the behind-the-scenes things, um, all of that you know, dissection and critique of this particular uh, form of media. And I, I, less now, but a few years ago, I did have a a small obsession with reality TV, not so much like watching a lot of reality shows, but in how they're crafted and, and loosely scripted because, you know, it is unscripted entertainment in only the most uh, loose sense because it is it is definitely scripted and edited out the wazoo and you know it is what we what you see on these shows is definitely as far from reality as a scripted drama is it's just manufactured in a different way in a really like and it's really impressive the way these shows are put together they're you know very smart capable people putting these shows together my sort of fascination with that type of media has waned a bit like how it's waned with in the book so the catch used to be a lot yeah. more popular than, than it is and, and part of the reason why they are in the middle of nowhere in the pacific northwest is because they've actually not got it's the what money they could afford to go to yeah so which i actually that's something that i found quite funny about the book that yes it, it's recognizing that these shows are no longer what they were uh, is that uh, is that true because i don't know i mean and i never like i was never interested in in this genre of reality tv i was much more interested in the the crafty baking cooking not to speak on behalf of my wife who will never listen to this podcast anyway so uh, and she's not home at the moment uh so she won't i love how you kind of looked looked off camera yes i I am she wasn't about to walk in the door going don't talk about me (laughs) yes um she uh she does watch batchy Mm -hmm. uh as as she calls it well i think as as it's called so that's the bachelor that's the australian Mm -hmm. version Uh, she doesn't watch the american one because i you can get it here but it's it's not she's not interested uh, but she mostly watches it now for the recaps that are done by certain um, bloggers or whatever on, on Twitter or Instagram or wherever they do it, uh, or Facebook. Um, well, in fact, they know there are podcasts mm-hmm. as well, which there are also yeah. in this book. 
that do it. And that's what she's really watching it for because I think it's lost its appeal as a show qua show has lost its appeal. It's now the peripherals around the show. So she's the watching the show. Stuff. So she has the, the knowledge to consume the critiques around the show. Essentially, that's yes. amazing. I love that. Well, the, but I think you'll find that she's not alone. That this is actually the mar- that what the shows yeah. these shows have created in terms of their market, and and that's that's Bachelor. Um, so su- you only watch the community. show not because you enjoy the show itself, but yeah. so you can engage in the community around the show. Correct. Most of and, you and may even, not even like the show. Correct. And, and and even the most recent season, she was less interested, yeah. and it was very difficult for her to get through because it's just it's just lost its it, it, the appeal has dropped off. And I think it's the same for Survivor. Although these this is specifically Survivor still shows. going. Wow. Oh shit! Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 It is. I mean, look, like for example, my wife is not watching because it looks shite, <laughs> and it apparently is. It Love Boat. Oh, Love Island. Love, no, well, she doesn't watch that okay. either, but this the one on the, the, they've done the one on the I don't boat. Know. I, I yeah. have, I, yes, I don't know. I have no idea what you're yeah, talking about. I, <laughs> I mean, I can imagine, but no. So, like, like the real fans, she's pure bachelor, and that's where she sits. <laughs> and all these spin offs, uh, you know, <laughs> they're weak source. Just nonsense. Weak source, and actually, probably don't have the strong enough community anyway to bring someone like my wife into watching them. So, uh, and which is true, they don't. Um, and so, you know, you know, she might watch Googlebox watch them, but that's about as far as as we've got. Anyway, the I point love I'm that is, we like so many of us are consuming media now at one or two removes. Two removes, you correct. Know, we're not, we, you know, we, correct. we're consuming media via the critique of the media or via you know someone else's filtered through someone else's viewpoint or recaps correct. or highlights or, or or whatever. It, it's it's really that is really fascinating to me. Well, for, for you know what's quite interesting, not to do with this book, is that the recap is now becoming the show. Yeah. For some people, like they will not watch. They won't even watch the, the show. show itself. They'll only read the recap or the podcast of the recap <gasps> with its critical element to it, and that's and there's toxicity that then yeah. emerges fr- from that because you know, and so no, yeah, people aren't using their own faculties. They're just. Uh, that is not what my wife is doing with that. Show. I want to be very clear. She is watching the Just show. Just in case she listens enjoying, to this podcast. <laughs> yes, correct. Hi, Jules. But but um, but but then enjoying the yeah. the community and the and the and the snark around that, which is literally how this book yeah. starts with that. That's snark. right. A good part of this book is. Is it's not just like here. Here is the the point of view of the the contestants and a producer on the show. There's also Alan weaves in interstitial sections where there's bits yep. grabbed from like a, like a Reddit type forum where you have people hiding behind avatars talking about the show and what you know what they're expecting, what they don't like about it, what they do like about it, what, how the, how what the show's been like, where it's going now. And those bits and were someone, so and interesting. And there's someone who's got and there's someone who's got inside. And knowledge, someone's got inside knowledge, which, which is a common thing. Yeah, and giving spoilers, and, and and people go, "No, you can't possibly write." And people say, "Oh, show your credentials." Who? Because I actually see that all the time <laughs> on on, foot, on footy forums. Because I, 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 that's where I go, and that you see that a lot. That, so that really resonated with me. A friend of mine, when I don't know if it's still going, but there was a, a Real Housewives franchise uh, based in Melbourne a few years ago. And a friend of mine used to go to a cafe and she, she would go a few times a week. She, she um, freelances. She worked out of the cafe quite a bit. Uh, and f- for a month or so, a couple of the producers of Real Housewives of Melbourne 
would uh, would meet regularly at this cafe and have a table next to her and they would bring in the housewives separately and they would be talking about their arcs their arcs what they you know all yeah. of and she said it yeah. was she, and she didn't watch the show um, but she said it was so fascinating. It made her want to watch the show because it was so fascinating to hear oh, how my, it was being put together. And then the, the show first couple is of like, years of Real oh, Housewives of Melbourne <laughs> apparently is terrific. I watched like the it. first season, and it and then it, I just my my anger to entertainment val- ratio got imbalanced, and I stopped watching it. <laughs> yeah, and we've got to distinguish here because clearly, you know, the, the, we've got to distinguish between. The non-game versus the game reality yeah, show. True. So the Real Housewives was a non. Aren't, aren't, well, he's non. Well, no, not well, explicitly. Game, no one gets uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know kicked off the show. I mean, they might if they do something completely insane, but they're, they're not. They're no, not, it's not. not um, it's not a competition in the way that the Bachelor type shows or some of the cooking competition shows are. Correct. So this is focusing on the competition type reality versus the non-competition, but they have a lot of similarities and they are both as scripted as yeah, each other. Absolutely. So there's no, there's nothing real in either of them. So, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's terrific. But what's really interesting about Patricia wants to cuddle and Samantha Allen has actually talked about this in interviews. And if, if I can find the one I read, I will, I will link to it in the show notes. Um, but she's talked about, and it's something I picked up before I read the interview, but um, she made it really explicit because I was wondering whether it was a, a thing. So she's talking about how she, you know, with the the really explicit horror elements of this book, right, you have a Sasquatch who kills people and it's quite bloody and gory um, in in a weirdly funny way a lot of the time. <laughs> but she, she yep. talks about, you know, because she's a, a – big horror movie fan watches lots of horror movies and and also watches reality tv and she was saying like the the intersection of the the final girl trope is something that plays through both of these genres so in exactly in, in horror in a particular type of horror movie the slasher movie the stalker movie the, the final girl is a really well known tired worn rebooted undermined revisioned and come right back again to unironic a book by grady Grady Hendrix has his not his most, he's got a novel coming out next year, but his most recent novel does play on that. It's a, yeah, it's, and there's a like there's a movie called Final Girls. There's like there's a few things. So the the genre has has played it straight. It's played it satirical. It's played it ironic, and it, it seems to have come right back around again to unironic Final Girl in, in the a Final few Girl Support Group by Grady Hendrix. Love Check it, it out. It's a good book. And so Samantha Allen points out that's what these types of com- competitive reality tv shows do and when they're a dating it's literally one, about the final girl it is the final girl and you have women you know getting knocked off and they get knocked off for similar reasons because they're, they're too sexual or because they've done something socially wrong and in in some you know in some horror movies in this genre that is linked to right the the, the really pretty sexy girl who has sex and then she's going to get killed in the next scene you know it's she's saying it it's it's a very similar thing and it was fascinating to think about those two things together and they're like two sides of the same coin. This is why, because I didn't read the interview, but this is why I did not, and I, a funny feeling this is where you're going, that I did not have a problem with the tonal shift in the second half of the novel when it becomes a horror novel because it, to me, it was already a horror novel. Yeah. It was just a lot more humorous. Yeah. And look, frankly, when one of the contestants is killed, uh, the Sasquatch invades her yurt, <laughs> I just it's hilarious. It hilarious you know it's bloody but it's hilarious and that's why I, I personally if you like I said unreal if that's a show you yeah. like which is violent by the way one of the you know in the first season some you know there's oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah 
there is no, you know, There's I mean, no yes, if you're not into, it, you know, no, but, correct. <laughs> if you're not into graphic, graphic horror, maybe. But frankly, but by, by the time you get to that stage in this book, you, you you should be along for the ride by that stage, you know, as far as I'm concerned. So I wouldn't just recommend because it gets bloody uh, and silly, very it, silly. It does get, yeah. So, well, it's silly all the way through. So, so what was your problem with it? Because I know I'm been waiting. Because I know I, I didn't. I didn't really have coming. a problem with it. <laughs> I, I think oh, okay. what happened was well, but you know, I've never been a massive fan of, I guess, horror comedy in in in, in writing, comedic horror movies. If they're done really well, I quite like. And and this is probably because I don't read a lot of comedic fiction itself, right? So. So it wasn't that I had a problem with the second half of the book. It's just I missed the first half. (laughs) Like I just missed that. I missed going away from that. And, you know, all of the the producers killed and and cameramen – spoilers, but obviously, you know, there's a lot of death and the show is like the show disintegrates and there is no show. And it it goes completely away from that into this, like, other story that features the surviving – final girl from the reality show. And it's not that I didn't like that story. It's just I really, really missed the story that was being told. And I missed all That's the stuff around it. So all the interstitial stuff and the you yeah. know, that all fell away. It was replaced by different interstitial. Bits. Correct. Yes. It changes shape. Yeah. But uh, but becomes, I miss that. Beca- I miss I, I wanted to know what, yeah. what what happened. Like what happened with the show? Did it get partially released? What happened on those forums? What were people like I I really wanted the wrap up of the reality show storyline, which didn't which I didn't get. <laughs> yeah, I think it is well, it's sort of said, well, this ain't going to air ever, is it? I mean this is uh, Yeah, but do. what I, I I know, I know, but it felt like I got like that story that I was really, really enjoying taken away from me, and and something else which was fine, but I really missed the first story. No, but I think Alan is with you on this because she really, as the horror, because you know mm. we both love horror, she really does keep the deaths and the grisly stuff to quite late yeah. in the book. I know we've said it's a book of two halves, but it really is no, like, it's more like maybe. Two thirds, one third. Two thirds, one third. Yeah. And, and so I think so, so. So Alan's gotten so interested mm. in that first stuff, and good because it's great, yeah. and we loved it. But but I did keep thinking, where's the violence going to start? Yeah. Because clearly the book is, 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 is moving. That, where's Patricia? <laughs> and that is potentially a flaw of the novel mm. that it does take so long for Patricia to appear. Well, she does appear, but really, really yeah. appear um, and do her thing. But at the end of the day, you go, nah, actually, good choice. Good choice because if it had been more half-half, you would have forgotten all the delights of that first half because it would have just been completely blanketed by gore and viscera, and it's not. And so, uh, yes, you and you are right, the, the interstitial stuff does change, but no. <laughs> She's set it up so well in my view and it's so much fun and it's so funny. It, it is so and also fun. And also really anger-inducing because although these characters, as I said before, are thinly-ish drawn, they're not entirely unrealistic because – uh, this is what you hear. If you again, if you're in this community of Batchy and all that, you discover that, that that a lot of these women, for reasons that are not their fault, have been shoehorned in the way that this book shoehorns these mm. women. You are this role. You are the yep. one who's going to be the sex 100%. goddess. 100%. You're the one who's going to be the sort of professional aloof one. You're the one who's going to be the Christian nut job. You're, you're the one, token you know? black woman who gets to make it Correct. almost to the end, but will never win. Correct, and the fact that the and, and so when we're we're picking up the novel, we're not at the start of the show. This show is already. This is towards the end. There's only four. Yeah, that's before. right. And so they have embodied the characters that have been given to them, and that is really clear about this book. So you can really go, oh, this is just stereotypical, 
But no, this is the point that Alan is making. They have now embodied those stereotypes because that's what they've been living and breathing for weeks and weeks and weeks. And that is what's brilliant about this book. And it should have won the booker. And that's all I'm going to say. (laughs) I'm going to disagree with you on that very last point. (laughs) But it also is really helpful that this is not – so Renee – Renee really is our our protagonist character at the end. She's the she spoilers. She's the final girl. She's the one who makes it through. The emphasis really is on her. In in a, it's a subtle emphasis, but I really it was Renee that you kind of are with. But the other characters, the other three contestants, and one of the producers, like the main producer Casey, all get point of view, significant yes. point of view sections, and. Yes. Their point of view sections are really interesting and it fleshes them out as people uh, other than what Renee sees them to be in her sections yes. or what everyone else sees. And them it's to important be. that Alan does that. So yeah. we see that. We see how they're, they're just pushing and pulling against this uh, box they've been put into. Yeah. They are. That's why it's such and a good book. And they're all not as much as Renee, possibly. Um, because at the point we are in when the book starts, Renee, she knows she's not going to win and she really doesn't care. Um, she's just going to ride it out to get the last of it and whatever and she doesn't care. But the other three all want to win and they don't want to win because they're madly in love with the catch. I kept trying to say bachelor. But they want to win for their own reasons and they could be career reasons, economic reasons. Um, even I think it's Vanessa who is the, one of the three who is actually seems to be genuinely attracted to Jeremy and, and likes yeah. him. She's still not, oh, I want to win because I love him and everything will be wonderful. She's still got her own ex-romantic motives for um, for wanting to win this competition. And, and they're all strategic. They're all super smart in their own way in terms of their strategy and and what they're doing and what they've done with their lives up to this point as well. So that was really, really interesting. It's not just, oh, here's the dumb blonde. Oh, here's the naive Christian. Oh, here's the they're, – they're not those people at all. They they start to be presented that way through the, the viewpoints we get from other characters, but then when we get into their heads, they get a lot more complex. So that was really satisfying, actually. They're still not lovely people. <laughs> you know, a couple no. of them are really awful people still, but they're interesting. Yes. They're complex. They're not just your one note. Here's how the reality show presents them. And Casey's fantastic. I would have loved more of Casey. I really would have. I know you can have only one final girl. Or maybe you didn't have to. I mean, this could have been a way that it could have subverted that trope of both genres. To say, you know what? There doesn't have to be one final girl. We could have more than one, actually escape this situation. But Casey's also evil. Yeah, but God, she's interesting. She is. You can tell Alan's had a huge amount of fun writing And Casey. she's not they're, they're, evil. Well. She is extremely good at her job in a very yes. ethically problematic genre, but lots of people have very ethically problematic jobs. Yes. For, for those of us who have watched uh, Unreal, she's essentially the, um, the, the Shiri uh, Appleby character. Yeah. Uh, in in that show, um, so she's you know really trying to extract as much because because one of the things that she's noticed is, is also is that the these girls because they are strategizing a lot more they've become a bit milk toast in how they respond to each yeah. other and so she's trying to get them to to really take the knives out. Um, so yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. I, I loved it too. Yes, and she probably didn't have to die. You're right, but 
But it's what yeah. the book was doing. Look, I, I really did enjoy it a lot. It was it was a lot of fun. I missed when the reality TV stuff fell away. I, I, I missed that. And it wouldn't have had to have fallen away if Casey survived. Some of that could have been brought into the last Possibly, third of the book. But but see to me to me then Patricia runs the, that part of that story and I loved Patricia. See, I think maybe my problem with the last third, it wasn't just that I'd lost the story I was really, really enjoying, but Patricia never really came alive to me. Patricia That's was enough. the you know was the Sasquatch monster at the end, um, who ran around killing people rather graphically and violently. But she, she, I mean, we never got her point of view rightly, but <laughs> that could, would have gone so badly, I think. But she never, I, I felt as much sympathy for her as I would, I guess, for any other like natural monster as opposed oh, to an I, evil I demon. I do think you get a, you, know. you do get a feel that she's not just a slavery monster. I know, no, I know, I know that. Going the, on here. And there was a reason why there was yeah. a whole community of women protecting yeah. her. It's, it's not, yeah, that, that, I think, yeah, anyway, I can understand that you just, because she doesn't actually get that much screen time. She so doesn't. There isn't enough time to develop And, and the screen she's, time she does, because the other thing also that I was sort of asking myself is like why, because I, I did think at one point there might have been, you know, the book's called Patricia Wants to Cuddle, right? Yeah. I did think what it might have been doing was it's not actually Patricia killing people because Patricia just wants to cuddle. <laughs> but it is Patricia killing people really violently, really, and and rather unprovoked. Like that's the interesting. Oh, I think that no. So so the, the well, if I had to say it, I thought the idea was that if um, if you're not queer, she your scent isn't one that she's attracted to, so she just uh, sure. Rips you sure. apart, but there's a difference between going. I'm not interested in you, and I will now kill you. And I think to have the Sasquatch character, especially the you know the coded queer lesbian Sasquatch character, <laughs> just be a completely violent. You know, I will. Well, well, so's the, so's that so's the lesbian community that around yeah. it. They they they're also not yeah. exactly. So I mean, yes, I suppose. Yeah. Get, look, so I was able to. I didn't even think about it until now, until you were mentioning it. But I can forgive it because the book is really about the heteronormative nature of yeah. the shows, blah, blah, blah. So, and that's the bit I loved. I loved, loved, loved. The 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 Patricia bit at the end, it was a bit more, um, I guess, by the horror movie playbook for me. Yeah, fair enough. So it no, didn't that, engage me as much because it wasn't doing something that was like, aha, that's really interesting. That's a, oh, I hadn't thought of that. Bef- that like, it, it was just by, like, everyone is dying, there'll be a final girl, the monster will be, you know, all done. And even the, you know, the, the fact that this monster is protected within a community, also something that's quite common in the genre. Um, you know, the outsiders coming in the community protecting the, the, the monster or the, the, the bad thing. Yes. So that was, it was much more by the numbers, I guess, but still in a really delightful, engaging, funny, gory way. You know, for two books that we've completely forgotten all about, we've spent an hour and twenty minutes <laughs> talking about them. Well, not exactly. We did we did blab a bit at the beginning, but uh, we've done pretty well. I, I would highly recommend Patricia Wants a Cuddle. Uh, it, seriously, if you even if you don't care about reality TV shows um, it is, uh, and it is competition, so ones, funny. It is so much fun. There is just not enough. So there is actually a dearth in my view. I, I look. I haven't read a lot. But I read. You know, I read and, <laughs> a little uh, bit. Yeah, a little bit. I do think there is a dearth of books that are genuinely funny and comedic yeah. and attempt to be comedic. And this is, uh, but also tell a story. And 
this is that and it's brilliant for that. And you don't and have it. to I don't think it it's it's not just about reality TV like that genre. It it that whole first movement is about it's about how we consume media, how we yes. present ourselves, how we interact. Like it's, it's a scathing indictment, Kirsten. <laughs> I don't know if there's a scathing indictment, but it's definitely a really interesting dissection of the whole of our consumption of media, each other, ourselves, how how we present ourselves, how we view, you know, because we should say one of the um, one of the final contestants is a what is it? Gl- Glamsterpix was the name, like yeah, Instagram, Glamster- but it's the it's the know, Instagram Glamsterpix. Well, um, yeah. Because the, the 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 prize, the catch this season, he's he he made his a fortune apparently from Glamsterpix. Then he sold out, and then he wasted yeah. a lot of it, and now he's he's only on the show to make. That's some money right, and now and one of the contestants is, is that's how she makes her living. She's an influencer, so it's it's not just about let's look at reality TV. It's about the the whole way we exist now, you know, with social media. Yeah, it's that ecosystem and the yeah. broader and ecosystem the, you know, the, with the, social the way media. Uh, the performative aspects of our lives, which used to be yes. the lesser part of our lives, are now so dominant and so prominent yes. in, in all of our lives, all of our lives, even, you know, even those of us who aren't influencers and, and purport not to care so much, we, we still care. We still care what we put on social Absolutely. media. We still care what photos of us ourselves look like. I still make my husband, like, show me any photo he's going to put on social media. It's like, no, you can't put that one on. Oh, yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, that's all right. Agreed. You know, agreed. I still, someone I, else I still takes a off. photo of me somewhere in public and puts a, a, it on and I still cringe. It's like, mm, I don't like that one. You know, we all, this is one how we live that, our lives One of the now. things that really disappoints me is is that, you know, when I tweet the book I've just read, I get maybe two likes, three oh. likes. No one reads, Kirsten. Oh. No one no reads, reads and no one follows me. All right, It's just a disgrace <laughs> and it really upsets me. Okay? Unlike my wife who's on Instagram and she has nearly 10,000 followers. Yeah, but her content's awesome. It is. You just put up it a is. book cover and say, I read this. Yes, I do. Like, it's not. <laughs> I mean, even <laughs> even on book social, that's not the most engaging content, are you? <laughs> I no, think I think it's not no, the book. I think it's the, I, the framing. I spent I spent fifteen <laughs> seconds, and that's being you know liberal there. Fifteen yeah. seconds, generous on the couch. Yeah, she spends I don't know four hours. Yeah, um, you can tell a slight difference in the content yeah. then when you and compare then, them. Yeah, there there is you know the investment reward ratio there, and the more you invest, not always, but often, that the higher the reward. See me swoon on Instagram. <laughs> not that's not me. That's my wife. I will. I will, oh, I will anyway. link. I will link to that as we have talked okay, about. Okay, cool. Her. And then she, then she'll know we talked about her because she'll get a ping back. Yes, good. It's <laughs> hilarious. She'll never listen. She still won't listen to this episode. All right, we are wrapping up this podcast and for the year. I will probably get this up in mid-November, so well before the silly season. But we all do wish you the very best for however you celebrate. The silly season, whatever season it is you celebrate or don't. Correct. But next year, our next episode will not be until February 2023, which just sounds like so far away, but it will be it's tomorrow. Not. It will be tomorrow. It is. So Correct. to get reading. We are going to be reading two books, uh, two novels, actually. The, the first one is Every Version of You by Grace Chan. And the second one is The Women Could Fly by Megan Giddings. And they may or may not be in that order. We kind of decide after we read them what order we're going to talk about them in. Or I decide, really. I decide. (laughs) But they're the two books we're going to be reading. So um, I 
think The Grace Chains are fairly lengthy novel, so they both they both are uh, they're not they're not chunky chunky, but they got yeah. a bit of chunk. So you know, a little it, bit it's good we got a two month gap to to read these novels. I think. <laughs> <laughs> might be struggling. If all I read in the next two months is those two novels, then I've really fallen off the perch. So you can send feedback by commenting at the website, which is writerandcritic.podbean.com. You can send an email to writerandcritic at gmail.com or you can follow at writerandcritic on Twitter. And if you have the means, you may sponsor us on Patreon and we love our patrons. Thank you so much. And for me, a shout out to Jade at work who may not be listening to this episode. She says she listens to the podcast now, and I'm just putting this in here to see <laughs> if she does. So if she has listened to this episode, she'll come to me and say, oh, you mentioned me. I did. Hi, Jade. But if two months from now I've heard nothing. <gasps> You've set a trap. That is, It is not nice to set trap for friends. No, true. But hello. <laughs> hello shout Jade. out to, to Jade. And all the, other, all the other people at work who have listened to me, which is very nice of them. That, like it's dedication because these are not 15-minute podcasts that you – Put on a commute or anything. No. So, you know. I wish they were, though. Can't we just... Well, we could, except we just keep talking about stuff. It's your, it's your to blame. I have really like, oh, I can encapsulate my thoughts in five minutes. Fair enough. We may make them shorter next year. We may do other things next year. We'll see. Yes. All righty. All right. Goodbye and happy 2022, everybody. I hope your year was not as interesting as it may have been. And I hope 2023 is a less interesting year again for everybody. But also a good year. Major detail. I'm, I'm hoping to knock out 100 books, read 100 books next year. I, I hope I hope to write one book next year. One book. I can't wait for your novel, and then by the way. read a bunch more. But if I can write one. And aren't Brain Jar Press bringing out all your novelettes at, into yes. a collection? At some point next year, I don't have a date yet because things got a bit skew if this year. Um, but they will be collected in a single volume with the seventh novella, Traquetra. Um, and there also might be another little thing coming out through Brain Jar that I can't talk about just yet. Fantastic. That's great to hear. Terrific. We ended this podcast four minutes ago, yet we're still going. going. Bye, Bye, everyone. See you next year. But but you still haven't answered the question. Where's my fucking award, Kirsten? It's with you. It's not with me. Yeah. Do you want me to to wire you some postage money? Because... No, you have to come to Ballarat. Oh, to get for it. fuck's sakes. <laughs> it's not worth it. Keep the award. <laughs> we, we have baby swans. <laughs> <laughs>